You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selick. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. Today's guest is Craig Byers. Craig is from Cedar Rapids and works with the Omni Companies, involved in real estate, and Craig's a bit younger than me, and we're going to talk about sort of what's happening now in the corridor and what the future holds in the years ahead. Uh, here in here in eastern Iowa, we've got a lot of building to do or rebuilding to do, you know, and like I said, that, that creates jobs, and, and hopefully we might be able to be shielded from, from any negative effects of an of a economy going into a, a, a tailspin. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, providing full-service banking and trust services to businesses and consumers, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, welcome, um... This is my new best friend podcast, Tom Selick, and today my best friend is from uh, Lynn County, uh, Craig Byers. I know Craig uh, for a few years, and, and I'm excited to uh, have him share his story and talk about our our friendship. So, Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Tom. Well, we probably should start at the beginning. Uh, why don't you tell us um, where you grew up and went to high school and college and yeah, the yeah. current information. Exactly. So I'm a hmm. lifelong Cedar Rapidian, born and raised uh, on the southeast side. Uh, went through the public school system there. Uh, went to Arthur Elementary, Franklin Middle School, and then uh, graduated from uh, George Washington High School in 2004. Uh, and then headed out west, actually, for college and uh, went to the University of Denver, uh, where I got uh, my degree in business administration uh, with a concentration in, in commercial real estate. Uh, after doing about four and a half years out there, uh, I actually moved back to uh, Cedar Rapids, which would have been probably maybe a mere 60 or 90 days after the flood that we experienced in, in, in 2008, and um, really had no intention of, of staying. I was... Uh, just stopping off, maybe dropping off, you know, my college luggage and had every intention of trying to get to a bigger city, whether that be a Chicago or a, or a Milwaukee, somewhere maybe in the Midwest, was looking in St. Louis as well, just because, you know, back then, Cedar Rapids, Iowa wasn't really too attractive to a, you know, a recently grad 22-year-old. So uh, after living with my parents for a couple months and kind of striking out on the, on the job search, my, uh, my dad, who uh, is also in commercial real estate, uh, strongly encouraged me to come work for him. And uh, at the back of my mind, it was kind of the last thing I, I wanted to do. I knew it would be a great job and a good learning experience, but living with my parents and working for my dad certainly wasn't, uh, wasn't considering a win for me. But after several weeks actually of considering it and tough negotiations with Scott, uh, we actually uh, came to an agreement, and um, he said, you got to work for me for at least two years. 
and then you hopefully will be equipped with enough lifelong experiences to uh, you know to go get jobs elsewhere in the country if you want to and well, that was over 10 years ago, and I'm still here in Cedar Rapids in the corridor and absolutely, absolutely loving it and glad okay. I stayed. Well, great. It's, um, it is a place that you sort of uh, get used to, and there's opportunity here. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I always tell people Iowa is a place that you, you, you can make a difference. Yeah. It, it really is, and, you know, for, for a young, you know, recently college grad, that's hard to see, but, you know, after being and certainly living here for – you know, a couple of years after college, you you certainly know that that you can make a difference, and uh, that you it's easily it's easy to get involved and and meet people in the community and and go out there and make friends and, and acquaintances. Well, good. Then your family is here, Scott, and your mom's name is Janice, right? Correct. Yep, and Scott a, and Janice. You have, you have a sister here, is that right? I do. I have uh, her name is Erin Langdon, uh, and her and her husband and two kids. Uh, they moved here as well. They were off living actually out in Colorado, and they were living down in, in Oklahoma City for a while. Uh, but Erin wanted to be close to, to friends and family where she grew up uh, and in a community that she knew and was very comfortable in. And she moved her family here, and uh, it's, it's been great. So I've got, I've got my family, my parents, my sister, uh, my wife's in-laws, uh, my, you know, her brothers, we all live, literally, we all live within probably a half a mile of each other. <laughs> so, which can be a little daunting and, and nauseum at times, but, uh, for the most part, it's, it's really, I'm really lucky to have, to have family as close as I do. So I, I know Kaylin a little bit. Um, she's your wife. We were married a while back and have some children. Tell us the family situation. Yeah. Yeah. So we were married back in 2016. Uh, and, uh, we've got one, uh, little boy, his name is Vigo and he's about to turn two here. Uh, and we have another one on the way here in, uh, early October. So, uh, we're going to be going from one to two. And from what I've heard, it's a pretty actually good jump and it, it, it's, it's going to be fun and we're looking forward to it. That's great. We probably should mention people on the podcast were sort of taping this, and mm-hmm. and we just had the big storm, the derecho, and the effect in Cedar Rapids. And uh, I guess uh, you might. I'm from Iowa City, as you know. I've not been up there since the storm. That I've read about it on TV and heard about it. So, uh, how is it going up there in Cedar Rapids? <laughs> you know, it it's it's going as well as it as it can. You know, it can be. And you know, Tom, you're an Iowan. You know how we handle things like this. It's uh, I mean, 30 minutes after the storm hit, there were people in our neighborhood and in our community helping each other, uh, chainsaws going and tree limbs being removed from houses. And, uh, you know, our attitude is we, you know, we're going to help each other and we're going to, we're going to do it ourselves. And why, cer- you know, certainly we appreciate and love uh, the national news and the national attention that we eventually got uh, and are getting and, and the help, uh, it's, it's going as well as it can be. You know, people are getting power back. Uh, streets are being cleared. Businesses are, are opening and, and, and uh, donating resources to the people in need. And us Iowans and us Cedar Rapidians are, are handling it just as exactly how I thought we would. And uh, we're, we're getting ourselves through it. And, you know, I think hopefully three, six months from now, a year from now, we're going to look at this and we're just going to say, oh, that's just another blip on the radar in 2020. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I was city, and we lost power for two days. So that was the end of the world. You lost power for over a week. Yeah, I had we we got power on a couple of days ago, but we went as long as nine days. Uh, I still have coworkers and friends and family that are sitting without power, and we're in day ten or eleven right now. So, uh, I mean, it's it was um, you know when you're the whole city is destroyed and the infrastructure of your city is destroyed. Uh, you know, you can't think that it's going to be rebuilt and returned back back in a week. I know Alliant and all of the other linemen and all of the other subcontractors are, are working as hard and as fast as they can. And, you know, for personally to restore power to a city that just got hit as, as bad as we did in under two weeks, I think that's a tremendous, uh, tremendous thing. Yeah. Tremendously good thing. So now um, you mentioned once that uh, earlier that they comparing this to the floods of 2008. What's wh- what's your comparison? Um, you know, it's I would say if you were to if you're looking at it, this one is certainly more impactful and more damage. While the floods in 2008, you know, really only decimated 14 square miles, uh, and it was located to uh, the the real estate and the properties near the river. Uh, this one hit uh, the whole city. Everyone uh, on the northeast side to the southeast side got hit. Everyone lost power. Every, you know, uh, everyone had trees in their yard or some of them through their houses. Uh, so it definitely is a uh, it's more widespread here, affecting affecting everyone in in the city. No, no matter where you live, your class, your business, anything like that. It's 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 affected everyone. Um, so. That being said, uh, you know, the, the toll, the, the total financial toll it's going to take on the city is going to be exponentially larger. Uh, but I think the silver lining in that is it's going to be able to create jobs. It's going to be able to create income coming into the city. Uh, and kind of like in 2008, where we were shielded from the financial downturn because of the infrastructure we had to put together after the 2008 flood you know hopefully this is going to be kind of the same thing where we might be experiencing a here in 2020 a a financial downturn just due to the unforeseen circumstances of of the pandemic and it being an election year uh here in here in eastern iowa we've got a lot of building to do or rebuilding to do you know and like i said that that creates jobs and and hopefully we might be able to be shielded from from any negative effects of a of a economy going into a, a, a tailspin yeah well good and um well all work together i guess tell me this uh tell us about what you're doing now i know you were a commercial realtor still are i guess but yep. you're working with the almond companies you might tell people yeah especially from, from johnson county who's joe almond and uh, the, the whole business yeah so joe almond is a is a real estate developer that's been uh, developing real estate in eastern iowa for several decades now uh, he started uh, doing high-end home uh, designs and, and architecture, and then that kind of uh, led him into commercial development uh, in and around the state. Uh, now, after he's been doing this for 20-plus years, um, he has four wings of his company. Uh, one is Amon Design, which is the, the home architecture wing. Uh, the other is Compass Commercial Services, which is our general contracting wing. Uh, one is Fusion Architects, which is our civil engineering and our commercial architecture uh, company. And then the last is Q4 Real Estate, which is our property management and commercial real estate arm. So essentially with all four companies, we're kind of a, a, a A to Z developer where 
a client can walk into our office and get services as early as on as master development and civil engineering and civil planning and and be able to work with us all the way f- through uh, building conception and, and building design to the actual physical building uh, of the property. Uh, and then if real estate services are needed through either the se- selling of that property or the leasing of that property, Q4 can handle that. And then certainly property management with, uh, you know, with commercial properties, you got you to manage them to keep your tenants happy. So um, we're really a full service developer, um, kind of one of a kind here in the corridor. And, uh, and so I've been working, working for Joe for about three years, a little over three years now when I came on and started uh, helping him with the, the real estate arm. And it's been what I think a, a wild success. I've had, uh, we've been able to grow to, to two brokers now uh, and our property management uh, ha- has really grown. And um, we're just, uh, we were just named one of the fastest, CBJ's fastest growing companies in the corridor. Uh, and we've often uh, been named one of the best developers in the corridor several times uh, over the last three to five years. So uh, it's a great company to work for, uh, and he's a great individual uh, to be tied to, certainly. Well, I know you do work both in Lynn County and Johnson County, at least. Another place, I assume, you service the Eastern Iowa to a certain degree, right? Yep, yep. So we, we mainly focus in Lynn and Johnson County. We'll, we'll get up to Black Hawk County a little bit, some in Dubuque, rarely in the Quad Cities, only if we, you know, if we've got, uh, when we're doing kind of a tenant representation job, if they want us to go look for real estate, you know, in other parts of the, uh, the state, we're certainly able to do that. Yeah. Well, let's tell us what you do in your spare time. I know you've got, um, Vigo probably takes some time, uh-huh. but I think I recall maybe, were you and your wife involved in, in, in like theater? And then are you like a runner type guy too, I was told? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's that background? Yeah, so uh, ca- kind of all of the above. I'll start with the theater. Both uh, both my wife and I are avid theater goers, uh, you know, from a patron standpoint where we, we love to, to take in all mediums of theater. Um, and with that being said, we also like to, to be on the stage. Caitlin is a very, very talented singer and dancer and actress, and uh, she has starred in, in many plays at Theater Cedar Rapids, our, our local uh, thespian outlet up there. Sure. Uh, and uh, while I can't carry a tune because I'm tone deaf, and have two <laughs> left feet. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah. I stick to m- more of the straight plays, uh, yeah. where it's uh, strictly just acting, uh, and have done actually a lot of a lot of imp- uh, improvisation uh, on my improv team uh, in and around the corridor too. So you know, I think I'm funny, but I guess you'll have to come and see. Uh, so we we we're, we're mm-hmm. avidly involved in in um, in that, and then yeah, just to keep the pounds off I try to get out there and run and uh I've done several triathlons and gosh it's been 10 years now yeah, it's been 10 years I did I did my first and only Ironman back in 2010 in, in Madison and uh you know kind of thinking maybe do I want to get back into triathlons and doing that but the you know the running is just there to keep my sanity and and keep myself in shape we're good yeah now, I talked to your father. He said once you were involved in hockey. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I actually got, I got back involved in that, too. I played hockey, gosh, from uh, – I started playing maybe in second or third grade. And uh, back then, the only, where I played was where uh, Vets Memorial, where the Colonels play and where sure. Kingston, uh, where all the high school football teams play. They had a, a 
plywood rink that they would set up in the winter. It was chain link and plywood. And that's where we played for four or five years. And then, uh, as you know, uh, Coral Ridge Mall got the ice arena. So uh, my middle school days were spent in the car going up and down 380 several times a week uh, to go play hockey and practice down there. Uh, and then we got the we got our ice arena when I was a freshman in high school, and so uh, played played high school hockey up there. Uh, and it was it, that was that was fun because obviously hockey is not a big sport here; it's not wrestling or football or basketball. So it took it took every high school uh, in Lynn and Johnson County and the city of Dubuque to field. Of a JV and a varsity team. We, if you took every high school, you got, you just got enough kids to to try out and field two teams, of which we would go around and play other teams in the state. And sometimes we would venture up to Wisconsin and Minnesota to play their high school teams. That that was never any fun because we'd just get whipped up there. <laughs> right. And so, uh, and then I went off to college, played a couple of years, kind of on the club team in college, and then completely just stopped playing and had other interests. And then I just picked it up again this last, uh, this last winter. I had a friend who she was playing on uh, uh, in the adult league up in Cedar Rapids. And she said, you should definitely uh, pick up the skates again. And so I, I went and uh, played last winter. It was a blast, had a good time. And I uh, was a little, you know, very disappointed that we had to stop obviously because of the pandemic in March. And I just saw some video footage. The ice arena got hit pretty bad in the storm last week. So I'm hoping that, you know, once the pandemic's gone and the roof's back on the ice arena, that I can, you know, that I can hit the ice again, hopefully in the next several months. Yeah, I could barely skate going forwards. I never, <laughs> I'm always impressed by ice hockey players because it's the, the skating you take for granted, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, we compare it to like running and football or basketball. You got to be able to move on the ice. And so it's, uh, it's, it took years to develop. But it's 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 certainly it's like riding a bike. I remember when I hit the ice again last winter, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But after after being on the ice for a couple hours, my legs got underneath me again. Looking at the big picture is, you know, way back in the old days, uh, I was a supporter of the Richard Florida theory about um, growth of, a, of an area's base and working together as a region, you know, mm-hmm. and the importance of having diversity and recruiting talent and. And Cedar Rapids is, you know, I think before the big storm anyway, continued just to move forward. That's guess because of the, I always think the city managers are important and Marion's been very impressive too. So um, as you look forward out, you know, of course, in Iowa City, now the issue is, in Iowa City, is my old friends, and I tend to be a little bit older, as you know, um, they think the world is ending. You know, it's all going to collapse. You know, the University of Iowa is, you know, shut down in the in the spring and, we have limited, you know, online class or class online, and we have no football, and we have too many apartments and too many hotels, and you know, this the world's going to end about in two years. <laughs> so uh, I don't share that view, but what's sorry, what's your perspective of uh, where we're going in the quarter in Cedar Rapids? Yeah, good good question. Um, you know, I, I I tend to be a little bit more more optimistic, so I, I think. I think we're, you know, we're moving forward, especially in, you know, in Cedar Rapids, the, the 2008 flood, like I touched on before, might have been a little bit of a blessing because with that, with the, the income that was injected and the funds that were injected into our economy, we got 
downtown housing uh, accomplished. And, and, and uh, with that product turning online, we, we revitalized our downtown with new businesses, with, with new restaurants, with new attractions. Uh, and you know, a, down, a vital downtown is, is one of the most important things for a, a city to survive. And, and that really helped us where, uh, so we were really, really on the track of, of, of doing really good things in, in Cedar Rapids, and that that was everything from attracting new businesses to to come uh, and and put their f- put their foot in the ground there, and then also to attracting young talent. Uh, it just was like I said when I graduated in two thousand eight. The city, it, you, it, you were either uh, 18 or you were either 45 and up, you know, 18 and under or 45 and up. There, <laughs> right. there, there wasn't a soul that were in their 20s or early 30s where that's really changed 10 years from now or, tw- you know, 12 years from now. It's you've got people li- moving there right after college because of the cost of living is inexpensive. They can still make a very good living. There's people their age uh, where they can make friends and uh, and find different outlets other than work good social outlets. So, um, you know, I think Cedar Rapids was, uh, and the corridor, both were, they were, they still are on an upward trajectory of, of attracting and retaining young talent, uh, where hopefully that young talent stays, builds their family, builds their life here and, and stays for, for the long haul. Um, you know, where it's, over development, you know, to your point of, oh, are there too many hotels or too many apartments? Uh, Cedar Rapids, certainly not. Uh, Iowa City, I would say certainly not either. It just, uh, you, they might, you know, Iowa City might be feeling the negative effects, obviously, of the pandemic, but hopefully that, you know, 12 months from now, uh, football will be played. Students will be on campus. And uh, while it might be a little, a little downturn, uh, that the pandemic cost. Hopefully it's just, like I said, just a little blip on, on a very, very successful lifespan of, of development down in Iowa City. So, you know, I'm not quite there yet. Just like you, I don't think the world is ending. I think we just got to tough through this. And, uh, and I, you know, I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel here, uh, you know, here in several months. No, yeah, my impression is that um, things continue to go pretty well. I hear the theories about how the world is ending in Iowa City, but people have built apartments and they've sort of leased them. And my customers who have apartments have done a pretty good job leasing them again. Um, most of my customers have, have better occupancy this year than last year, which makes no sense. Uh, so the theory there is somebody's moving here. Mm-hmm. People say, well, how is that possible? I say, I have no idea. But there are more units and they're sort of getting filled, somebody's moving here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but yep. they're coming. I completely, completely agree with you. I mean, every th- with uh, in my line of work, we're developing a lot of uh, apartments, both in the, the downtown central business <laughs> district area and then what I'll call kind of suburbia Cedar Rapids, and we're fill- we, our vacancy rates are almost nil. You know, we keep them full. Um, the city does a does a great job. I uh, myself and Scott Olson chair the downtown housing committee up there for the Economic Alliance, and uh, Scott sits on the city council. Uh, and the city council does a, a great job of not allowing uh, overdevelopment of residential units. You know, we we have a what's called the Maxfield Report, which is a which is an independent housing study that the city commissions to be completed every year. And uh, the city and, and local developers really stick to that, where we're not throwing up 
a thousand units a year because mm-hmm. we know as a city we can't we can't absorb those and um, vacancy hurts everyone vacancy hurts uh, hurts a developer across the street that might be full because uh, you know he or she are going to start losing tenants to those you know to those vacant apartments uh, and obviously vacant vacancy obviously hurts the developers that have built it uh, and vacancy hurts lenders and stuff so sure uh, <clears throat> the city the city has done a great job at saying uh, we usually look at it and it's usually about 200 to 250 units a year we know we can absorb and we try to make half of those market rate rentals and half of those condominiums owner occupied and if you go back and really look at the numbers we're we're right there we hit those numbers every year uh, and we've experienced we've experienced nice uh, high occupancy rates and um, our, our rent per square foot on residential units ha- has increased exponentially year over year one more question about the current climate. There is this view of uh, some of my friends who are a little pessimistic that uh, people are working remotely now. Uh, often people, they, are, they, they, don't, they don't go to the office there. They work out of their homes. And so then the theory becomes, well, that's going to ruin our local economy. Then the flip side of that is, uh, you know, people in New York have moved out of a city recently, I know, because they, they work remotely and they thought, why am I living in New York? Uh, so they're, they're here. So I, I, my theory is, the remote working thing might be a net plus for the quarter. Would you agree with that, or is that crazy? No, I think yeah. I think it could be a net plus. I have a handful of, of friends that have moved back. A lot, of, uh, three of them lived in the San Francisco area, uh, working for. Uh, tech companies and you know tech companies tend to be the leader in progressive ways of thinking of how offices should treat employees and should be handled so they were basically said you're working from home for the foreseeable future and uh, they all got the same idea why am I paying an arm and a leg in in San Francisco which is arguably the the highest rent uh, in the you know in, in the country higher than New York higher than Denver higher than Dallas for apartments out there when I can move back to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or Iowa City, uh, my cost of living decreases, uh, but I still keep my my New York salary or my San Francisco salary, and I can still get the same benefits. Uh, but now I'm closer to to friends or family where I grew up, uh, or just a, just a community that can basically still kind of offer the same things that a larger city can with the cost of living be, sure. being a decrease. So I think, yeah, I think it, it could be. A, uh, a very net positive for the corridor. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long employers are going to like that where people working from home. And I think it, it changes with who, whoever you ask. I, I tend to be one that, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was working from home for about three months. And after the third month, I was ready to get back into the office. Yeah. And it's just the nature of my business. And same with you. It's relationships. You want to see your customers face to face. And uh, when you're negotiating deals, you want to you want to be able to look them in the eye and, and talk to them. Uh, and so but I've also asked, you know, I've also had friends that say, no, I love, I, you know, I love working from home. I love being next to the kids. I love being able to, you know, roll out of bed and go straight to my desk. And, and that's, that's g- good for them. And, um, you know, if, if they like doing that, then, then perfect. So, yeah. but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't believe I, I'm not, that's not me. And, uh, <laughs> me neither. And at West Bank, we, uh, we've always, we've always been, our commercial group has been working every day. So yeah. And it's there. We, we well, we're all friends. We have relationships. And so for mm-hmm. an old guy like me to hear their, about their stories about their, their children who may be nine months or 15 months or five years old and it's uh, it's fun but another example of this story is uh 
I don't want to bore you, but my granddaughter goes to a school at Wisconsin, Madison. And um, with the um, pandemic, one of her friends goes to school in California. Well, their school has gone online. So she thought, well, online? So she's moved back to Madison to live in this apartment complex with friends with, with my granddaughter, mm-hmm. and she's attending school in California. So maybe you get, we get a benefit there. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, it's a strange world. You, know, you don't know how it all sorts out. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. good. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, I guess I, I am, I actually, I am very optimistic. I mean, I, there's, the world should have ended. I told people we should have the greatest depression in the world going on, and we don't. So what does that mean? That means good things are happening. Yeah. And it can't get any worse. We can't put together a worse set of Don't facts. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm, so do you have any, other, any advice for us all out here in the, the corridor? I would just say, you know, get, get out there. Get, make sure you're social distancing, but seeing your friends and family. Uh, it's, you know, it is, it's easy to get caught in a rut in these times. And I admit it, I've, I've been in ruts. I've had family members in ruts and friends in ruts, but what, what helps me get out of them and what helps, I think just the general population and the general people just, just is to see each other, uh, and that, uh, you know, make friends, keep your friendships, be nice to one another. And, uh, w- with just the, just the, the landscape in this country today and right now, we can't be any more divided. We need to come together and, and we need to love one another. And, and that's all I can say. And we do a great job of it in the corridor here, loving, loving your neighbor and, 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 and your friends and just keep keep doing that because that's the only thing that's that's going to get through get us through these these trying times so okay. that being said i appreciate the time today tom it's been really fun well it's been great it's great to have you here as my my new best friend and i do think looking forward uh my hope in a few months maybe the virus has slowed down a little bit and we can have some meetings together between cedar rapids and iowa city and sort of you know so we rebond with each other. Yeah, I would love that. If that happens, I'll be calling. Uh, yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Well, Craig, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. This Corridor Business Journal podcast is produced by Joe Coffey of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.